My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, The Story Podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 181, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Jeremiah 1 and 2, Ezekiel 24 through 26. Jeremiah 1. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkai, one of the priests at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am too young. You must go everywhere I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that was my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting toward us from the north. The Lord said to me, From the north disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I am about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding walls and against all the towns of Judah. I will pronounce my judgment on my people because of their wickedness and forsaking me, and burning incense to other gods and in worshiping what their hands have made. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who devoured her were held guilty, and disaster overtook them, declares the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, you descendants of Jacob, all you clans of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What fault do your ancestors find in me, that they strayed so far from me? 
They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, through a land of deserts and ravines, a land of droughts and utter darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives. I brought you into a fertile land to eat its fruit and rich produce, but you came and defiled my land and made my inheritance detestable. The priest did not ask, where is the Lord? Those who deal with the law did not know me. The leaders rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal, following worthless idols. Therefore, I bring charges against you again, declares the Lord, and I will bring charges against your children's children. Cross over to the coast of Cyprus and look. Send to Kedar and observe closely. See if there has ever been anything like this. Have a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Is Israel a servant, a slave by birth? Why then has he become plunder? Lions have roared, they have growled at him, they have laid waste his lands, his towns are burned and deserted. Also the men of Memphis and Telphenes have cracked your skull. Have you not brought this on yourselves by forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in the way? Now why go to Egypt to drink water from the Nile and why go to Assyria to drink water from the Euphrates? Your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Long ago, you broke off your yoke and tore off your bonds and said, I will not serve you. Indeed, on every high hill and under every spreading tree, you lay down as a prostitute. I have planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn against me into a corrupt wild vine? Although you wash yourselves with soap and use an abundance of cleansing powder, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the Sovereign Lord. How can you say I am not defiled? I have not run after the Baals. See how you behave in the valley. Consider what you have done. You are swift she-camels running here and there, a wild donkey accustomed to the desert, sniffing the wind in her craving, in her heat who can restrain her. Any males that pursue her need not tire themselves. At mating time, they will find her. Do not run until your feet are bare and your throat is dry. But you say, it's no use. I love foreign gods and I must go after them. As a thief is disgraced when he is caught, so the people of Israel are disgraced. They, their kings and their officials, their priests and their prophets, they say to wood, you are my father, and to stone, you gave me birth. They have turned their backs to me and not their faces. Yet when they are in trouble, they say, come and save us. Where then are the gods you have made for yourselves? Let them come if they can save you when you are in trouble. For you, Judah, have as many gods as you have towns. Why do you bring charges against me? You have all rebelled against me, declares the Lord. In vain I punished your people. They did not respond to correction. Your sword has devoured your prophets like a ravenous lion. You of this generation, consider the word of the Lord. Have I been a desert to Israel or a land of great darkness? Why do my people say we are free to roam? We will come to you no more. 
Does a young woman forget her jewelry, a bride her wedding ornaments? Yet my people have forgotten me. Days without number. How skilled you are at pursuing love. Even the worst of women can learn from your ways. On your clothes is found the lifeblood of the innocent poor, though you did not catch them breaking in. Yet in spite of all this you say, I am innocent. He is not angry with me. But I will pass judgment on you because you say, I have not sinned. Why do you go about so much, changing your ways? You will be disappointed by Egypt as you were by Assyria. You will also leave that place with your hands on your head. For the Lord has rejected those you trust. You will not be helped by them. Ezekiel 24 In the ninth year, in the tenth month, on the tenth day, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, record this day, this very date, because the king of Babylon has laid siege to Jerusalem this very day. Tell this rebellious people a parable and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Put on the cooking pot, put it on and pour water into it. Put into it the pieces of meat, all the choicest pieces, the legs and the shoulder. Fill it with the best of these bones. Take the picks of the flock, pile wood beneath it for the bones. Bring it to a boil and cook the bones in it. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Woe to the city of bloodshed, to the pot now encrusted, whose deposit will not go away. Take the meat out piece by piece, in whatever order it comes. For the blood she shed is in her midst. She poured it on the bare rocks. She did not pour it on the ground, where the dust would cover it. To stir up wrath and take revenge, I put her blood on the bare rock, so that it would not be covered. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Woe to the city of bloodshed. I, too, will pile the wood high. So heap on the wood and kindle the fire. Cook the meat well, mixing in the spices and let the bones be charred. Then set the empty pot on the coals till it becomes hot and its copper glows, so that impurities may be melted and its deposit burn away. It has frustrated all efforts. Its heavy deposit has not been removed, not even by fire. Now your impurity is lewdness, because I tried to cleanse you, but you would not be cleansed from your impurity. You will not be clean again until my wrath against you has subsided. I, the Lord, have spoken. The time has come for me to act. I will not hold back. I will not have pity, nor will I relent. You will be judged according to your conduct and your actions, declares the Sovereign Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, with one blow I am about to take away from you the delight of your eyes. Yet do not lament or weep or shed any tears. Groan quietly. Do not mourn for the dead. Keep your turban fastened and your sandals on your feet. Do not cover your mustache and beard or eat the customary food of mourners. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and in the evening my wife died. The next morning I did as I had been commanded. Then the people asked me, Won't you tell us what these things have to do with us? Why are you acting like this? So I said to them, The word of the Lord came to me. Say to the people of Israel, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I am about to desecrate my sanctuary, the stronghold in which you take pride, the delight of your eyes, the object of your affection, the sons and daughters you left behind will fall by the sword, and you will do as I have done. You will not cover your mustache and beard or eat the customary food of mourners. You will keep your turbans on your head and your sandals on your feet. You will not mourn or weep, but will waste away because of your sins and groan among yourselves. Ezekiel will be assigned to you. You will do just as he has done. When this happens, you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. 
And you, son of man, on the day I take away their stronghold, their joy and glory, the delight of their eyes, their heart's desire, and their sons and daughters as well, on that day a fugitive will come to tell you that news. At that time your mouth will be opened, you will speak with him, and will no longer be silent. So you will be assigned to them, and they will know that I am the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face against the Ammonites, and prophesy against them. Say to them, hear the word of the sovereign Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Because you said, aha, over my sanctuary when it was desecrated and over the land of Israel, when it was laid waste and over the people of Judah when they were in exile. Therefore, I'm going to give you to the people of the east as a possession. They will set up their camps and pitch their tents amongst you. They will eat your fruit and drink your milk. I will turn Rabbah into a pasture of camels and Ammon into a resting place for sheep. Then you will know that I am the Lord, for this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because you have clapped your hands and stamped your feet, rejoicing with all the malice of your heart against the land of Israel, therefore I will stretch out my hand against you and give you as plunder to the nations. I will wipe you out from among the nations and exterminate you from the countries. I will destroy you, and you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because Moab and Seir said, Look, Judah has become like all the other nations. Therefore, I will expose the flank of Moab, beginning at its frontier towns, Beth Jeshemosh, Baal, Maon, and Kirathiam, the glory of that land. I will give Moab along with the Ammonites to the people of the east as a possession. So the Ammonites will not be remembered among the nations, and I will inflict punishment on Moab. Then they will know that I am the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Because Edom took revenge on Judah and because very guilty by doing so, therefore this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will stretch out my hand against Edom and kill both man and beast. I will lay it waste and from the Taman to Dedan, they will fall by the sword. I will take vengeance on Edom by the hand of my people Israel and they will deal with Edom in accordance with my anger and my wrath. They will know my vengeance, declares the Sovereign Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, because of the Philistines acted in vengeance and took revenge with malice in their hearts and with ancient hostility sought to destroy Judah. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I'm about to stretch out my hand against the Philistines, and I will wipe out the Carathites and destroy those remaining along the coast. I will carry out great vengeance on them and punish them in my wrath. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I take vengeance on them. In the eleventh month of the twelfth year, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, because Tyre has said to Jerusalem, Aha, the gate to the nations is broken and its doors have swung open to me. Now that she lies in ruins, I will prosper. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against you, Tyre. I will bring many nations against you. Like the sea casting up its waves, they will destroy the walls of Tyre and pull down her towers. I will scrape away her rubble and make her a bare rock. Out in the sea she will become a place to spread fishnets, for I have spoken, declares the Sovereign Lord. She will become plunder for the nations, and her settlements on the mainland will be ravaged by the sword. Then they will know that I am the Lord, for this is what the Sovereign Lord says. From the north I am going to bring against Tyre Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, king of the kings, with horses and chariots, with horsemen and a great army. He will ravage your settlements on the mainland with the sword. He will set up siege works against you, build a ramp up to your walls and raise his shields against you. He will direct the blows of his battering rams against your walls and demolish your towers with his weapons. His horses will be so many that they will cover you with dust. 
Your walls will tremble at the noise of the war horses, wagons, and chariots. When he enters your gates, as men enter a city whose walls have been broken through, the hooves of his horses will trample all your streets. He will kill your people with the sword, and your strong pillars will fall to the ground. They will plunder your wealth and loot your merchandise. They will break down your walls and demolish your fine houses and throw your stones, timber and rubble, into the sea. I will put an end to your noisy songs and the music of your harps will be heard no more. I will make you a bare rock and you will become a place to spread fishnets. You will never be rebuilt for I, the Lord, have spoken, declares the Sovereign Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to Tyre. Will not the coastline tremble at the sound of your fall when the wounded groan and the slaughter takes place in you? Then all the princes of the coast will step down from their thrones and lay aside their robes and take off their embroidered garments. Clothed with terror, they will sit on the ground, trembling every moment, appalled at you. Then they will take up a lament concerning you and say to you, How you are destroyed, city of renown, peopled by men of the sea. You are a power on the seas, you and your citizens. You put your terror on all who live there. Now the coastlines tremble on the day of your fall. The islands in the sea are terrified at your collapse. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. When I make you a desolate city, like cities no longer inhabited, and when I bring the ocean depths over you and its vast waters cover you, then I will bring you down with those who go down to the pit, to the people of long ago. I will make you dwell in the earth below as in ancient ruins with those who go down to the pit, and you will not return or take your place in the land of the living. I will bring you to horrible end, and you will be no more. You will be sought, but you will never again be found, declares the Sovereign Lord. We started a new book today, The Major Prophet, Jeremiah. I want to share a brief overview based on Dr. Mackey and Jim Collins' Bible Project, and Marty Solomon and Brent Billings' Bema Discipleship. So in chapter 36 of Jeremiah, it indicates that the book is a collection of collections. Jeremiah the prophet employed Baruch to help collect his essays, poems, and sermons. Baruch also included stories about Jeremiah in this book. And Jeremiah was a prophet in Jerusalem, the southern kingdom, just before the exile to the Babylonians. And he also went into captivity with the Babylonians and had a voice after. Marty Solomon gives him this image, weeping. And Dr. Mackey calls Jeremiah the messenger of God's justice and grace. So Marty Solomon says it was a hard message. Jeremiah was giving because the four parts are, number one, you Israel, both kingdoms failed to repent. Number two, discipline is here. Three is more like advice. Lay down your weapons. Stop fighting. And four, accept the exile. Let it run its course with humility. Transition into the, as I like to call it, the fail forward mindset. From the fixed mindset of I have to do it in my way or I have to avoid all consequences, neither are an option here. Jeremiah was speaking to two audiences in this book at various points. The first is Israel, and the second is all nations. We also get this two-sided message. It might feel like a paradox where two statements seem opposing, but they're both true at the same time. Jeremiah was tasked with giving the message of uprooting and tearing down. So that sounds like affliction, judgment, justice, but also planting and building up. That sounds like 
restoration, creation, order or reordering towards growth or regrowth, flourishing. Fair warning, Jeremiah also uses adultery metaphors and allegories to describe the people's idolatrous hearts and behaviors. I think it's because it's personal. And as humans, there is this timeless, visceral, cross-cultural reaction we have to intimate betrayal. It's like an I get it that transcends, as I mentioned, culture and time. But I'll be honest, it's hard to read and the metaphors are almost always the women. And as a woman living in a modern age, I can feel myself wishing there was more balance in the metaphor choice. But in this culture and time, the patrilineal society and the ancient historical context, it made it so that men wrote these scriptures Men read or taught these scriptures, and men were the primary audience for these scriptures. In many ways, I think of it from a marketing perspective. If my audience was primarily men and I was a man, it would make sense to write the metaphor in this way. So I can appreciate it for that and really read through it to the hidden moral truths of God. And that's the point of a metaphor. Many of us have read fairy tales or had fairy tales read to us as a child. And one of the things about fables and fairy tales is that more or less, it's an allegory. Oftentimes there's metaphor in there and we are learning hidden truths about what's real or good or ethics. So I can appreciate that in this sense, but I'm gonna warn you, it will be difficult to read sometimes. Major themes will be justice and grace and justice and hope. And in these first 24 chapters, it will be Jeremiah really calling out the leadership, the priests, kings, prophets, for exploitation of the vulnerable, corruption for personal gain, and social injustice, not following Torah. We already started to read that today. And Ezekiel 24 offers the boiling cauldron allegory where Ezekiel is speaking to and shaking up Jerusalem's idea on security. Like, yes, you're the treasured possession of God, but I think they got this false sense of security in their created identity and not in the creator. God's character and nature to fulfill his covenant and also to not give up on his standards, on justice, and not hold back from the consequences are all being described here. This purification analogy is quite sobering. Dr. Block points out the emphasis is that singing songs of praise cannot replace or substitute obedience. There is no security in the tradition or position itself. There is hope for the rejected, but warning for the empty claims of status. God is pulling out their false foundations of security and hope Ezekiel is reminding them that the consequences are here and more are coming, but also not that we know from Job and John, from what Jesus said to the blind man, not all consequences are a result of idolatry, moral defection, and drift. We also read that God is going to judge Jerusalem's neighbors. So the message is for Israel and the other nations. God is going to be put on display. He is sovereign and he wants us our neighbors, to come back, to repent, and to restore our place in the mission and the story that's still unfolding today. Pray for me. I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11. 
that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.